Welcome to Blind Squirrel Macro the Pod, our usual companion to the weekly newsletter which you can find for free at blindsquirrelmacro.com. Squirrel here on the morning of Tuesday the 13th of February Melbourne time, where the dray is unfortunately overrun with COVID. Your squirrel is mercifully rona-free, but then again, four times in three years is probably enough for me. First, usual message from legal. Everything in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is categorically not investment advice. Before making any investment decisions, for heaven's sakes, don't listen to a cartoon rodent. Talk to a financial advisor. Now, one of the great pleasures of starting to publish Blind Squirrel Macro more broadly, a year ago tomorrow in fact, has been the opportunity to meet a broad variety of my readers. I was delighted when one of my subscribers, thank you Gavin, invited me to join a roadshow lunch that he was hosting last week for the debut fund of Sky Partners, a new private equity firm co-founded by none other than Kim Kardashian. Yes, that one. And also her co-founder is Jay Simmons, the former global head of consumer media and retail at the Carlyle Group. Now, over the course of a fantastic lunch on the St Kilda shorefront in Melbourne, Jay gave an absolute masterclass explanation of how brands have been disrupted in the social media age. The world has come a very long way from the days of Mad Men's Don Draper, tapping into, via print and linear TV ads, the desires, fears and aspirations of the American consumer in the swinging 60s. Brands must now connect with their consumers functional and emotional needs via the worlds of Web 2.0's programmatic advertising algorithms, social media graphs, not to mention a few Brooklyn micro-influencers. Jay certainly had some fascinating stories to tell. In many ways, Clan Kardashian is the, if you like, patient zero of social media influencer markets. However, there's so much more to this market than to breathlessly wonder at KK's million-dollar Instagram posts. Kardashian has used her staggering social reach, she has 7 million Instagram followers, to build a highly successful consumer empire. Skims in apparel with a $4 billion valuation, and SKKN, SKKN in beauty, which was last valued by the Coty stake sale at a $1 billion too. Back in October, in a piece that I called The Dangers of Extrapolation, we took a look at the risks facing the big snack giants from anti-obesity drugs like Ozempic, and also the exposure of their brand moats to challenger influencer-led brands like Prime and Celsius in the energy drinks market and Mr. Beast Feastables in candy. Not a single participant at last week's lunch had anything good to say about the taste of these new snacks and drinks. I guess it was more of a Chardonnay and Oyster crowd. However, everyone confessed to having young family members that were completely obsessed with these new brands. Companies are expected to spend more than $7 billion on influencer marketing in 2024, up from $2.5 billion in 2019. Why? Because it works. 70% of consumers are likely to buy from influencers that they follow. Consumers look to guidance from influencers in order to engage with brands. The days of blindly buying Google AdWords or Facebook ads are long gone. Privacy legislation such as CCPA in California and the European Union's GDPR, third-party cookie throttling and Apple, of course, raising the rents with iOS 14.5 have created a world of rapidly rising customer acquisition costs. The cost of adding consumers is up over 220% between 2013 and 2022, 
rising from $9 per ad 10 years ago to over $30 now, according to BEA data. Organic customer acquisition via influence on social platforms such as Instagram has become essential for many brands. Social commerce sales, that is people actually buying stuff directly from social posts, is rising rapidly in the US and there's plenty of runway. In China, this category is three times larger at almost 20% of of the total e-commerce wallet. So what does this mean for for, for the public market investment landscape? Yes, of course, we're no doubt going to see online advertising commission wallets getting redistributed among the big tech giants as Apple and Amazon erect their wall gardens in order to siphon off ad dollars from Google and from Meta. Net-net, it's probably nothing done. Collectively, the largest platforms will continue to win, provided that they are where the consumers and those that influence them are. What about the established snack giants like Hershey's and PepsiCo? Are their defensive characteristics impaired by the challenges from the likes of Mr. Beast? No, not really. They probably end up buying him out. In fact, the Sky business model is essentially about one of incubating these growth consumer brands ahead of an ultimate trade sale to one of the big brand ag- aggregators. These assets are often sold to trade at seemingly impossible valuations on an enterprise value to sales basis, often around 10 times sales. The actual multiples are essentially irrelevant to the acquirers. With hindsight, the squirrel's early days as an M&A banker, crunching earnings accretion dilution analysis in merger models seems almost quaint. The incentives for the buyers of these assets are simply defense of their existing category market shares. A high multiple is just a cost of doing business. Was Diageo really sweating about about paying $500 per bottle of sales of Casamigos tequila sold by George Clooney? Was $3 billion relevant to Apple CEO Tim Cook as a multiple of Dr. Dre's Beats headphone sales? Of course not. The value of the business to the purchaser is the acquired brand's revenue and profit opportunity once it's plugged into their fully scaled manufacturing, marketing and distribution machinery. Now, occasionally one of the challenger brands escapes into the public markets before being gobbled up by the consumer staples giants. How many people do you know that sold their Monster Beverage shares too early? The squirrel's certainly guilty as charged. Monster's shares are up over a thousand times since their IPO 25 years ago. Monster and more recently Celsius have demonstrated that challenger brands can show even the mighty Nasdaq a clean set of heels if they have the opportunity to get out into the wild before being acquired by the big boys. Now, I'd already decided that I was probably going to talk about social growth consumer brands by the time I'd finished last week's delicious lunch. However, for the past 10 years, the Squirrel has been very close to one social-led growth consumer brand, which had a very big week last week, and it absolutely merits a shout-out. I happen to be a very, I stress very, small shareholder in a company called Perfect Moment, a luxury ski wear company that priced its IPO on the New York Stock Exchange last week. Now, this business effectively lives on Instagram, in addition to the ski slopes of the most fashion-conscious ski resorts such as Gestad, Meshev, Aspen and Verbier. Now, please, this is absolutely not financial advice, but currently the perfect moment shares look fantastic value relative to their reassuringly expensive ski jackets, knitted sweaters and onesies. Many congratulations to Max and Jane and the perfect moment management team. In the world of consumer brands, the impact of narrative, storytelling and connection is the rising force. 
However, in modern-day financial markets, we've transitioned to a place of domination by passive and quantitative investment flows. Narrative storytelling barely has a place in modern equity markets. It's mostly about systematic flows. Last week, it was David Einhorn's turn to be the latest value investor to rage at the machines. Einhorn concludes, like many in the value world, that the focus needs to be on capital allocation. I quote, we can't count on other long-only investors to buy our things after us. We're going to have to get paid by the company. Now, I touched on the buyback theme last week in a, in, last year in a piece called Apple, the best bond in the world. Apple with three A's, a play on the credit rating scores. Tim Cook is, of course, the master of the de-equitization trade with his unrelenting tendency to buy back stock. Then, last week, I had some fun riffing on Twitter about the outperformance of Cannibals, my shorthand for companies that are aggressive repurchasers of stock. I created an equal weight, unrebalanced portfolio of the top 100 US companies, listed companies, ranked by share count percentage reduction over the last two years. These cannibals outperformed the S&P 500 by 23% over the last three years. You see, you can beat the machines. A single-minded fi- single focus on share buybacks may seem a little bit reductive for some of you, but surely today must be a vital overlay for any investor in single stocks. At the index level, the AI narrative is adding rocket fuel to the dominant passive flows. Last week, I published another piece called Handling the FOMO Part 2 on how investors can join or even better stay at the party while respecting their risk management disciplines. We're happy to forego some of the upside from here in return for a paper cut rather than a sucker punch in terms of losses if we're wrong. This type of option-based strategy becomes all the more appealing in a world where your cash can earn 5% in a money market account. This interest income can finance a great deal of structured upside in equity markets. I was super interested to hear Chase Taylor's colleague Zach Abraham announce on Friday that they were planning to harness this type of approach at their Seattle-based wealth management firm, Bulwark Capital. Sounds like a smart move to this revenue. These are certainly not Don Draper's equity markets. A new approach has to be essential. Now, in section two of the written note this week, I um, disappear down a mini rabbit hole, am I allowed to do that, on a related topic of return stacking. I also cover our new AI picks and shovels basket. We've now opened a position. The actual report will be out later this week. There is also the usual review of key points on our other live acorn trades. I am absolutely loving US oil refiners at the moment. So that's all for this week on the pod. Please find out more about the squirrel at blindsquirrelmacro.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at squirrelmacro. Thanks for listening. Squirrel out.